dear colleagues, make yourself comfortable. Welcome to Vienna. Welcome to the premises of the Energy Community Secretariat. Welcome to this third edition of the Vienna Energy Forum. On behalf of myself, on behalf of Lee Henscher, but also on behalf of Director Janis Kopacz and uh, Jean-Michel Clachon of the Florence School of Regulation. It's our great pleasure to see you here. Janis Kopacz gave me, um, to, in order to open this third edition of the Vienna Energy Forum in style, a Hollywood device, which I will use now. So what do you say as uh, the film director of a uh, great Hollywood movie? I don't know. But we are on camera, uh, so the session and the forum starts right now. Um, it is actually something very great to have a conference in your own premises. I recommend that to everybody. Um, you should all have uh, conferences uh, back in your offices because finally you get some action uh, in the offices. And uh, it is, uh, of course, uh, a precondition that you have. Uh, you can rely on great organizers uh, such as uh, we have the privilege uh, to be able to in the form of uh, Gosha, uh, Barbara and Inga. They're somewhere around here and we'll make sure that the day goes very smoothly. Thank you for that smile, Barbara. Now, um, the keywords of this year's forum, and probably the, the keywords of, of every uh, conference on energy these days, um, are markets and crisis. The opening up and the integrating of energy markets uh, was at the origin of the uh, of the creation, the establishment, development of energy law as well in Europe. We thought, uh, people thought in the 1990s when they started to build this house of European energy policy, of European energy law, that uh, they will have the luxury of building it on a stable ground, you know, one uh, layer, one floor after the other, but it turned out that actually already the ground was shaking and uh, becomes increasingly shaking. Um, what uh, we probably didn't realize at the time in the 1990s that also the energy sector is subject to globalization. Um, we have to build that house. We have to integrate markets in Europe, not in isolation, uh, but we saw, for example, as a consequence of the shale gas boom in the United States, how energy price competition all over the world has become a global affair, uh, and not to speak about climate change, of course. In 2014, or 2014, the year uh, behind us, was supposed to be the, the end date for the completion of the internal market. Now, given the complexity of the manner, it probably was clear to everybody that this was rather a motivation factor than a true uh, end date. This is, uh, in good or in bad, a never-ending uh, story, the creation of an internal market. And, uh, of course, we remember how the complexity of the whole endeavor increased when in 2007 Europe decided to also instrumentalize energy policy in the fight of climate change, one of the great challenges uh, for our generation. We thought at the time um, that we'd be very smart in integrating this new objective of energy, uh, of, of energy uh, European energy law in a, uh, on a market based on, based on market principles, uh, cap and trade uh, um, measures and mechanisms and so on. Uh, that didn't uh, really turn out uh, the way we thought it would. 
Um, maybe it has to do with the fact that as Europeans we are more used to the classical administrative approach and uh, couldn't really cope with that. In any way, the emissions trading scheme never really took off. Uh, the renewables uh, turned, uh, instead of uh, being market-based, uh, they turned uh, out to rely on uh, several layers of subsidies which have an, a distorting effect on that market and will have a a panel today which will look, among other things, also into the question of whether and maybe why the renewables have become a part of the problem rather than a part of the solution and what can be done to fix that. Now, um, this is, uh, or this entire development has uh, led to a, uh, what can be called, maybe without much exaggeration, a crisis of the internal market as such, the state of the market, the internal crisis of the European market is part, um, partly due to the design, uh, partly also due to the lack of innovation from which we suffer here in Europe. And it is for sure also a challenge for us as uh, energy lawyers, maybe also something that we haven't really lived up to that challenge in, in not always taking the holistic approach it needs to look at energy policy um, in, in general in a more comprehensive way. We all work on our little areas, be it regulatory, be it competition, be it uh, project-based, etc. Um, and I think it is also a, a, a challenge, but an objective also for communities such as ours uh, to make sure that we can contribute from the legal side uh, to a better design of the European energy markets. Um, another issue that directly links to us lawyers is that the enforcement record all over Europe is poor. Um, and we'll have a panel addressing that today as well. But besides this internal crisis, uh, much more visible is the external crisis in which uh, Ukraine is in the center, um, where we, in the afternoon, we have a, a very interesting panel as well. Um, you can doubt, if we talk about crisis and markets, uh, whether Adam Smith's uh, uh, famous invisible hand uh, which is supposed to transform individual egoism into uh, the common good in some miraculous way, can actually work if there is a very visible iron fist, uh, which basically works precisely to the opposite. And uh, the good news, I believe, is that uh, after three crises originating uh, somewhere on the border between Ukraine and Russia, uh, Europe has stopped fiddling around with amending security of supply regulations here and there and talking about increasing transparency of intergovernmental agreements, but really decided to come up with a new, a grand design called the Energy Union. Uh, we'll have a panel on this. Uh, the uh, protagonists uh, are already sitting here at the stage in a minute. And the decisive question uh, which we have to uh, pose to that energy union and the concept um, which is now already uh, public is whether it actually will manage to internalize the external crisis or to be more precise, the constant possibility of crisis, whether this is something that we can react to and in that sense also um, prevent or at least cope with uh, in a new design. But before we move uh, to that panel, I have uh, the great pleasure now, and uh, Lee gave that privilege to me, 
that I may introduce uh, Professor Helmut Schmidt von Sudo, who is uh, sitting here to my left. And he will speak on the only truly enjoyable event in 2015, uh, that is the 10th anniversary of the energy community. Um, he is doing that uh, not only as a professor of energy law at uh, Lausanne and uh, Parma, um, not only as a former director and chief legal advisor in DG Tren at the time, um, but as uh, one, maybe the father uh, of the energy community. He has been, um, was it these premises? Um, to, to create, no, that was before. The building did not exist yet. The <laughs> <laughs> so he's been all around uh, the Balkans and, of course, in Brussels uh, in uh, many meetings, many negotiations, uh, and uh, many work in between from his desk to make sure that the energy community, which is today such an essential part uh, of the European energy governance, uh, will be established uh, together with his partners. And I'm sure during all that time and all these events, there's a lot of interesting anecdotes and memories that you would like to share with us. And uh, with this, uh, I would like to give you uh, the floor to speak on the energy community at its 10th anniversary, the new pan-European energy governance. Thank you very much and enjoy the forum. <clears throat> Das ist auch auf dem Bildschirm da hinten. Ne? Okay.